Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Emmanuel West, Jr., Yahweh's Remnant Ministries. I'm one of the two witnesses of Revelation 11, and my job is to come and clean up the church without spot or wrinkle. You know, when I was a little boy, I grew up in the Baptist church, and I saw so many doctrinal teachings that were not correct, and I went to various churches here and there, and it was only when I embraced Messianic Judaism that I found a set of core values, core teachings that was right on point. And so I embraced that, that type of religion in 1977 at age 30 and never looked back. And I, we've had a wonderful time. We've had a few uh, introductory messages with you, and uh, we taught you about the original sin of Adam and Eve, a sexual sin, an ugly sin, a horrible sin. It's horrible what they did in that garden. And then after they did it, remember, they ate the figs, trying to cover up their sin. They called that the morning after pill, but it didn't work. You sure knew what they had done. And I told you that in that threesome, Satan, he put this, his sperm into the mouth of, of uh, Adam, and then Adam put it in the womb of, of Eve. And then Adam had traditional sex with Eve, and she gave birth in Genesis, the fourth chapter, to two babies. The first one was was Cain, and he was a giant boy. That's why she said, I got help from Yahweh to deliver this baby. And then the second child was Abel, and he was a normal-sized man. He came from Adam, but Cain came from Satan himself. And that's what happened. Let me tell you something else about that horrible event. In in letter of Jude, it says that when the angels, when the fallen angels had intimacy with these wicked women, and when they gave birth to these these monstrous children, then in, in the letter of Jude, it said they are immediately locked up. And that meant that all these women in Noah's day, they had children with no daddies. The daddies was locked up in a spiritual prison somewhere. And it was just like the project today. These, these fallen angels, they couldn't be there with their children and, and teach them and train them. And today you got these women dropping babies in the project, giving these babies they don't have no husbands, no, no daddies, and we got the same kind of paradox today. I just want you to understand that. When Eve sinned, ladies and gentlemen, it was horrible. She, the brunt of, of what happened in that garden, that the brunt of the worst of the punishment fell upon Eve for what she had done. And, and uh, I just want you to know that the biggest loss that Eve had when she sinned in that garden was she lost her dominion. And don't you ever forget that, ladies. She lost her dominion when they were created in Genesis 1, and he gave them dominion over the whole earth. And after she sinned, Eve lost her dominion. In other words, it became a man's world right there in that garden. You women don't like that, but it's written, and that's the way it is. And then even her inheritances later on there, the daughters of Zelophehad, uh, and the daughters of Zelophehad, when they received an inheritance from their dad, they went to the elders of the church, and they, they told them, well, you, we can't let that inheritance go to another tribe. So she was instructed to marry, and then when she married, that, that, that inheritance went to her husband because the elders say we didn't want the, 
inheritance to go from tribe to tribe. Everything went to the men in biblical times. You can like it or don't like it. And I'm going to restore Messianic Judaism all over America, everywhere in America, every little hamlet, every church, whatever, and teach you the truth of the matter. And so her inheritance went to her husband. The only way she could avoid uh, doing that is never marry again. That's what she, the only way she could avoid doing that was never marry. She had to avoid sex with a male, with a man, and she could literally marry Christ. And you'll see that over in 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, the same thing. That's called the law of Almanah. And in that fifth chapter, a woman got 60 years old. You'll find that story in the 11th chapter of, of, of Judges, about the story about Jephthah and his daughter. And that daughter said she would go up and down the mountains of Israel and, 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 and bewail her virginity. And then at 60 years old, she could stand up in the pulpit and preach like a man. She could get into priesthood and preach. She became a deaconess, but she still was under some man. So women, you can like it, don't like it. If you don't like what I'm teaching you, because Christ is coming back. Before he come back, 1 Corinthians 6 chapter, and the saints shall judge the world. I'm bringing judgment on the whole entire church, all elements of the church, the leaders, the singers, the preachers, everybody. I'm going to teach you the right religion, and you can take it or leave it. Because the angels that work with me, they don't play. We're not going to have, when, when, that, when that evil day come, when the comet come, volcanoes going to erupt, according to my studies, it should be this summer. But when that happened, ladies and gentlemen, no policeman going to be running to your house. He's going to be worried about his family, his house. And so don't you be thinking, won't be no, nobody working at the drugstore. Or whatever. You're going to have to learn to deal with Yahweh and with Yeshua and with the two witnesses. And as I said, the angels will police the land. If you're still in a TV or this or that or any kind of sin. There was a man who had a glimpse of the anointing some years ago. And he said he could walk down the streets and people would run out the house. Someone would run to the jailhouse and lock themselves up. They knew they were guilty of some sin. And so what we call church today is it's far short of what's in the Bible. But the two witnesses are going to restore that. And if you, you make sure you read Revelation 11 well because they don't play. They have a ministry of death. If anyone come against them with their crazy ideas, it pretty much means a death sentence. Money going to be thrown in the streets, won't be no sex, and all of you going to have to get straight, get straight, or go to hell. It's that sim- simple. All the economy going to collapse. Your job means nothing. You ain't going to have to pay no rent, car notes. That, all that will be over. It's going to be a time when, just like when they left Egypt, they didn't have to go to work no more. They weren't slaves anymore. They just had to hear the two witnesses, Moses and Aaron, and learn how to get their lives cleaned up and obey Yahweh's uh, true gospel. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I told you on yesterday, on our last broadcast, I told you that when Adam was involved in that threesome with Adam and Eve and, and the, uh, the devil, who knows what the devil might have done to Adam? We don't know. He might have got involved sexually with Adam even. That first homosexual encounter might have been right in that garden, ladies and gentlemen. 
What they did in that garden was horrible. So don't be thinking that Solomon wrote, there's nothing new under the sun. So what we say in Sodom and Gomorrah or what we see in uh, some other incident in the world, it began in the Garden of Eden. So let's, let's put the record straight. Let's put the icing on the cake and take, teach the truth of the matter. Yes, indeed. And so the only way you could avoid uh, being uh, subject to a man or, or keeping your own little money or whatever, this or that, is don't marry nobody. Yes, indeed. But in, 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 in Judaism, in Messianic Judaism, you are always under a man. Like it, don't like it, I could care less. I've caught hell to come this far to be on these airways with you today. And so I don't, I don't play about teaching the truth of the matter, no matter what it costs. And so Adam, he left Eve after that terrible event, and then he returned. You know, Paul had wrote in 1 Corinthians 7, he said, if the unbeliever depart, let him go. But then there was a period of reconciliation. Well, Adam came back to Eve, and we, we see another story where it talks about Zephora. Zephora was Moses' wife. And remember when Yahweh told Moses to go down him and Aaron, go down and deliver God's people? Uh, Zephora got mad. And she circumcised her boys, and she got mad. She went back home with, with her daddy. You understand? Well, while Moses was down there doing this great uh, bit of event, that event with all that death in the land, the plagues of Egypt, he married another woman. It was an Ethiopian woman. And, and Zephora was a Midian, a Midianite. They are, they are great distance between those two tribes. And so he married this, this uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he married this uh, Ethiopian woman, and then they're in the, <coughs> excuse me, and then in the, uh, in the 18th chapter of Exodus, we see where uh, Zephora, she fussed at Moses in chapter 4 of Exodus. Chapter 18, they came back. She came back with her dad and her brothers and all that. In Numbers 18, we see where um, Miriam, Moses' sister, was complaining about why you married this black woman. And that's what happened, ladies and gentlemen. And because of that, she received a curse. There were two different women. You didn't know that Moses had had two wives. And the reason why he done that, because there was a period of reconciliation. Yes, indeed. And that period of reconciliation we're going to show you was 120 days. When, when uh, Jethro came back to see Moses after the ten plagues, it was far longer than 120 days. It took about a year or two, maybe three or four years before all those plagues went to Egypt. And so here she come back a year and a half later, two years later, wanting to go back to her husband. But it was too late. He had another wife. And so it's going to be that way in, in, these, in these last days. I'm going to teach you all about that. Yes, indeed. And so, ladies and gentlemen, what makes a marriage a marriage? We've talked about the first marriage, Adam and Eve. Now we're going to talk about some of the last marriages in the land. And uh, what makes a marriage a marriage, ladies and gentlemen, in the fifth chapter of Ecclesiastes is a vow. You understand? A vow. That's what it, You don't get married because you brought flowers or roses or bought her a car, a nice house, or you shacking up, whatever. What makes a marriage a marriage is a vow. The fifth chapter of Ecclesiastes. 
you make that promise in front of witnesses. That's what Adam and Eve did. He made a vow, a promise to marry Eve. But he didn't consummate the marriage right then. And so today when we get engaged, it's the same thing as in the biblical, uh, 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 what they call the uh, ketubah. Yes, indeed. And so, ladies and gentlemen, so you make this vow to marry this woman, and it is just like you getting married. In Judaism, in your Bible, when you made a promise to marry somebody, the only way you could break that promise is go to court. Because you were, you were legally married by your word. Whatever you say that vow, you bound to that until death. And so today it's just a mess out there. I had a friend, he got married, and on the way home from the wedding, uh, him and the wife got arguing and all. He got home. He turned. He told the woman, "Don't even unload your, your your suitcase." And he took her back to her mother. And he didn't want to deal with. He's a, he's a rough guy, but we'll have to deal with him in, when we raise up the remnant church. I'm gonna deal with everybody. I'm gonna deal with all of you. Got two and three wives, man. Think you gonna have your way? Yahweh has showed me what true religion is all about, and you can take it or leave it. I'm weary with preaching and teaching and arguing and going into debates with these people. It's not about these cheap books you read out there. It's about what's written in the Torah. And the Torah, I told you, came in, in Job 38 with the angels, two angels that went in the presence of Yahweh. When you see that chest, that golden chest with the two angels on there, the Ark of the Covenant, those two angels represent Yeshua and the devil himself. So that's what it's talking about. And Yahweh put the devil there. He was going to be a special angel there about the throne. His name in Hebrew, he was Samuel, and it meant that he listened well. So Satan was right there on the, near the throne of Yahweh, and he was listening well, not because he wanted to be a faithful angel. He wanted to take over. And that's what his name means. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's what makes a marriage a marriage. And in Romans 7, uh, verse 1 through 3, 1 Corinthians 7, chapter, verse 39, it says plainly that you are married for life. And the only thing that gets you out of a marriage, ladies and gentlemen, is death. Somebody in that marriage is unfit, unfit. And the elders of the church, they would rule in that particular situation. You understand? When Christ picked his 12 disciples, he would just come along and say, follow me. It was a sexual term. Come along, be my bride, follow me. So when these men, these 12 men followed him, they, they, they had entered a type of vow. And that day, that last day before he, he was crucified, the Bible says, and Satan entered, entered him. He entered Judas. And that's in Luke 22, verse 3. It's also in John 13, verse 2. Satan entered the devil. And in Matthew 19, Yeshua told Peter them the only thing that can get you out of a, a marriage is fornication. Fornication in Hebrew means unconfessed premarital sex. That means if a young lady told you, I'm a virgin, and she really wasn't a virgin, then the next morning they would consummate the marriage that night, that would be a Tuesday night. In Hebrew, we say a Wednesday. If you went to Israel right now today, here it is two, three, four thousand years later, all 
Jewish virgins marry on Wednesday. You understand that every Wednesday morning, the high priest, the high court, they would sit, to, and that girl would have to produce tokens of her virginity, a little, a little spot of blood. If she could not produce that, they would give that man an instant divorce, and he could go out this next day and marry another woman if he wished. You understand, Peter them had the keys of the kingdom, and so do I. And I'm going to go in every home in America. I'm going to teach you how to dress, how to cook, how to do proper things in the home. All the men and all won't be no uh, crazy haircuts, No, won't be no bald heads. We're going to go through the Torah, and I'm going to teach you all about that. You can't do what you want in the presence of Yahweh. If you want to go and worship the devil, go ahead. But if you really want to worship Yahweh, there's a way to do it. Vayikra is the meaning of the word for Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, the book of Vayikra. And Yahweh is asking us, calling us, bidding us to come back into his presence. But there's a way to come. And that's my job to teach you these ancient things that churches are trampling on, preachers and all. My job is to teach you the truth of the matter so that we can have a wonderful church with that spot or wrinkle. So all the other incidents in the marriage, they were contested. Like you might be, the woman won't cook. And Peter then would send some of the old mothers of the church and tell them, teach her how to cook. And if she said, well, I, I don't want to cook. I'm not going to do it. And then they would say, well, Sister Jones, we're going to put you on probation now. We're going to give you 120 days to learn how to cook and be the woman of the Bible. And if she still refused to do that, after 120 days, Peter then would give her a divorce. They would, that innocent part, he can go off and get, a, get another wife. Or if, if he was a man that didn't want to work, and the, the lady would come down and say, my husband won't work, they would do him the same way. They would give him four months to go out, get a job, and try to take care of his family. And if he refused to do it, they would give him give that later a divorce after 120 days. And in the book of Ezra, it talks about uh, it talks about that period was actually 130 days. They had 10 days to rule, to read the ruling and 120 days to make a decision on it. You see, ladies and gentlemen, in in biblical times, I don't teach modern day religion, the old day and all that. I teach Bible. I ain't got time to teach nothing but what's written in this wonderful book. That's the, the life source of, of life is the word of Yahweh. That's what I teach. And so, ladies and gentlemen, when you got a divorce in biblical times, 1 Corinthians 7, chapter 11, verse, it says if you do have to get a divorce, you have to seek reconciliation. And that period of reconciliation was 120 days. And we go back to Ezra, the 10th chapter, and you'll see that. When Ezra came back to Jerusalem, it was what you call an intercalary month. You know, like in, our, in, in, in this uh, Julian calendar we have now, we add a day every, about every four years. We call it a leap year, a leap day. But in Judean, we add a whole month. And so when you count the days in Ezra, the 10th chapter, it looks like it's not 120 days. But remember, it was an extra month added in that particular day. And so the whole nation of Israel, they repented. They went back to their respective wives and all in 120 days. But I know you're not going to do that today. 
I know, just know you're not going to do it. I know women who ain't going to be mamas who want to go out and do this and that. I know men that won't work. They won't take care of their children, their families. And you're going to have a period of reconciliation. According to Isaiah, the fourth chapter, it talks about, about how many men going to die fighting the two witnesses, resisting the two witnesses, want to do things their way. I know men who can tell you when Joe Blow hit his first home run as a baseball player, but he don't know nothing about the Bible. And I know guys, they, they, they can fix cars and do this and that. They don't know nothing about the Bible. And that's going to stop in Yahweh's remnant. All the men in this great church are going to learn how to teach Torah, the law and the prophets. That's the book of the Tanakh, the Old Testament, Isaiah eight twenty, to the law and to the prophets. Every man going to have to learn that. If your husband is a slow man, I'm, I'm sorry. You just thank God you got a man. And if he go kind of slow, don't you get ahead of him. You follow that man. You submit to his leadership. Yahweh didn't give you no man to lead. He's supposed to lead you. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I do that. I teach that. I've tried to live that. I've never found a woman that's the woman of the Bible. I've never found a man that's the man of the Bible. Everybody I meet, stiff-necked, stubborn, ignorant, unlearned, and we finna see the day of judgment right now. The Bible says that immediately after the tribulation of those days, this first little test of, of the coronavirus, immediately after that, it's going to get like hell on this earth. Three plagues, I told you, are facing the nation right now. The whole world is facing the whole world. And it's horrible. It's, these are horrible plagues. The first five plagues came from the hand of Aaron. Aaron is our great high priest in heaven. That's Yeshua. And then the next five plagues came from the hand of Moses. And ladies and gentlemen, Aaron plagues had some mercy in it. They had some tenderness and wishing and hoping that some of you be saved. But when Moses brought his plagues, they were more intense. The, 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 the theme of Mercy had left the land. And so you you around here thinking everything hokey-dokey. No, you finna see hell come loose on the earth. Volcanoes going to erupt. A coming is coming. And animals going to be flooded with these viruses going throughout the land. Death going to be everywhere. It's called a moraine in the ninth chapter of, of uh, Exodus. And that means vicious deaths, horrible deaths. Uh, Amos, the uh, eighth chapter, the third verse, it says it's going to be dead, so many dead people, they're just going to throw people in piles. Dogs going to be eating them and all. The great loving Yahweh that we love, he wants you to come into his presence, but you ain't coming in there with these crazy religions. You're going to have to learn the only religion that the angels have that they told Moses repeatedly, don't you go and make no kind of religion that's not according to this pattern. Moses had a pattern to make his religion from, and that pattern is Messianic Judaism. And I'm going to teach you how the Antichrist Paul came into the early church in that 70th week. 70 weeks were given to the Jewish people, and at the end of those 70 weeks, the church would go astray. And that last week of years was 39 to 46 A.D. In the midst of that week, 43 A.D., when they had the great debate, 
in uh, Acts the fifteenth uh, chapter, and they decided that the Gentiles didn't have to keep all these rules that we love, and the church has never been anything since. It's been a mess. That's when Cornelius came in the church, and I'm just gonna go through a lot of these things step by step with you. So, to, but today I just want to go through with you about the original marriage. And then the end of these marriages in the last days. Yep, you got to go back to that first wife and that first husband. You can like me telling you that or don't like me. I don't care. I have to do what I have to do that I can go to heaven. I have a commission to do something that I've been trained to do from a little boy. I've been married before. I've been through this. And when I went through the Ezra Nehemiah prophecy, 1982, and when I understood this great prophecy, the handwriting on the wall, Daniel the fifth chapter, and also the book of Ezra, when I understood that prophecy, I wrote to my wife, we had just gotten divorced, and I told her, it's not God's will that we be divorced, and uh, I'm going to give you a chance to repent, and we can go back, restore our marriage, and try to have a good marriage together. And she didn't want to hear that. And I told her, if you touch another man, if you get involved in another situation, it's going to mean your eternal death, not just a, a death like we might think at the cemetery. I'm talking about spiritual deaths, the rulings from the elders in the church. And it's going to happen all over the land. You're going to go back. You had one other option. If you didn't want to go back and there in a, in a, Matthew, the 19th chapter, you could become a eunuch. That means as a man, you weren't going to touch another woman, but you're going to marry Christ. Or you could be a, 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 a virgin woman, they call the law of Almanah, and never touch another man. In First Timothy, the 5th chapter, it says, but the younger widows refused. In other words, if you were a young woman, they didn't want you talking about I'm going to marry Christ and, and live for the Lord. No, they would tell you you shouldn't make that kind of vow, that kind of commitment to Yahweh, because if you marry Christ and if you just lusted after another man, you're going to hell. So I want you to wake up, this great audience all around the world who will hear this message, wake up. The end is on us now. It's, it's time to quit worrying about adding on to your house, vacations, trips like that. It's time to get your Bible out, and let's do some real study. Bro West will meet, be with you twice a week, and I'll teach you each week. I'll teach you topic after topic, and we're going to get it set up where you can call in, and we'll do discussions on, on, the, on the air, and I'll be delighted to answer questions for you. But I'm telling you, you're not going to go to heaven as no Catholic, no, no, no nothing, no Baptist, Methodist. Pentecostals, nobody going to heaven unless you under the banner of Messianic Judaism. That's what the angels formulated in Job 38, before the world began, before Adam and Eve were even created. That's the religion that Yeshua gave to Adam and Eve, and it was orally taught to Adam and Eve and down through the ages, through, and then by the time of Moses, they put it into writing. It's the same laws <clears throat> the same laws that were given to Adam and Eve that were given to the angels way back before the world began. So you can do what you want. That's what the last marriage is all about. All this mess in the land.
people around here with the wrong wife, the wrong husband, you're going to have to go back. and You're going to have to pray and ask Yahweh, where are the children going to stay? But basically, your, the children go with where, if they are old enough, they can decide to stay with mama or daddy. But you're going to have to go back and restore. Soon the economy is going to collapse. And I tell people, maybe I'm a year early in what Yahweh showed me. Because there are other prophecies that point to 2019 or 2020. So I may be a year early, but I don't think I am. I'm right on point. Because when the, when this pandemic came out, I'm right on point. And so, ladies and gentlemen, these plagues going to come in rapid succession. And marriages, and you, somehow the angels going to help you to get back with your wife or your husband. And if you say you want to marry Christ, they're going to allow you the chance to play like that. Yeah, they're going to do it. But if you're faking it, 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 it you're going to still go to hell. Heaven is tired of you thinking you can do what you want to do in all these crazy churches. Heaven wants you to come and be a part of that ancient religion that they formulated in, in Job 38, Messianic Judaism. And you're given a chance to come into that ancient religion where the angels going to police the land. So don't get in your ideas in your head about stealing no TV or anything. We It's a time to get ready to meet the king of kings. And so study with me. I, I enjoy studying. I enjoy questions and all. And I'm quite capable of answering any question you might pose to this great word. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed this great study today. It's a powerful study. It's a it's a threatening study because the only people who can go to heaven as it is are those who have joined the Messianic Jewish movement. Find you a rabbi, keep the Sabbath, learn to eat right, change your closet because the end is right upon us. And may you be blessed. I love you. Shabbat shalom.